Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about stress and stress management. Yeah, so such an important topic and, you know, now more than ever, given all the uncertainty in the world, you know, it's one of the leading causes of anxiety, I guess. And I think it's such an important topic to raise. Definitely. And there are lots of things that can be perceived as stress. It doesn't have to be a world pandemic. It can be something like Mm. exercise or change in environment, things like that. So I think today's a very useful one where we can provide some takeaways not only for how we manage our stress, but then just how other people can take away two or three key things that they can apply straight away. So I'm excited for today. Mm. I bloody need it personally. <laughs> yeah, we're just having a giggle, you know, oh. our weekly debrief, our weekly counselling session. What's I going know. on, Danny? How are you feeling? Oh, you know, I think all of us uh, worldwide, but particularly now in Victoria as well, just with everything going on, it's, very different um and i always mention to you how organized i like to be and and in a routine and then just when i think it's going well bang it just gets next (laughs) level like 8 p.m curfews now or five kilometer radius that we can travel in and then cool all right i feel the punch for a little bit and then we go again and then there's another Mm. thing but that just sums up what life is though to be honest but i feel like this is on a, a grander scale yeah well that's the rule of the universe isn't it like what comes up must come down and whether it's our mood or you know how we're going at work or whatever you know even when i was home i was like oh life is so sweet right now i knew it wasn't going to last for long do you know what i mean and we always talk about everything's relative you know stress is relative training's relative calories are relative it's all unique to you um but i think you know it is bittersweet right now and Again, this is why we're here chatting about it because we want to give some practical tools um, and I mm. guess normalize these feelings. I had one of those days yesterday. I was like, far out, this sucks. This mm. sucks. You know, every couple of days you go through that wave of you're like, oh, I just want to complain. You know, I just want to sook. And yeah. even though stress in general, you know, like perhaps no one around you is chronically unwell or perhaps, you know, you're not being chased by a tiger. It doesn't mean that you don't feel stresses in your life. And I suppose it's easy, particularly for me, to fall into that mindset of, well, it could be worse. You know, I'm still like that. Yeah, like it is true, but then also it's not because it's good to be grateful and, you know, we must express gratitude. I'm grateful for health and and to be working and things. But then also what I've been practicing, particularly over the past 10 to 12 months is allowing myself to feel emotions if I do, because for so long I've been used to putting on a brave face, always, you know, seeming like I've had my shit together. Mm. And I'm not saying I'm a big mess underneath, but I'm a human at the end of the day. And Mm. I'm really learning how to express my emotions and talk about them. Um, but what I've noticed in this time, people's energy and stress is so contagious and being such an empathetic person and, and you as well. And most of us, we're all connected. So just because I personally don't feel like my life's turned upside down completely, but Mm. just looking in people's eyes and reading their stress, I feel like I'm Mm. taking that on like next Mm. level. And we all are because 
we have to be empathetic for one another in such a time, but it all adds mm. up. Energy is everything. And I completely mm. hear you when you say that, mm. um, because even Luke and I had an argument yesterday. He was in a sour mood and I said to him, I like, love how you just as- like straight up. Now nah, he was in the sour mood. Oh, oh yeah, this is true. He's like 10 episodes behind. So I get yelled at like months in advance when he catches up. <laughs> Sorry, doll. Um, but like, you know, cause we're in a one bedroom apartment at the moment, you know, stage four. So it's really essential that we're just like team players in this, you yeah. know, really essential because you know, you can be in a happy relationship, but relationships still need work as well. Right. Mm. Um, but like Luke had a bad day at work or with work or whatever. And it rubbed off on me because I could just feel the energy and the tension, yeah. if that makes sense. And it's it, like, it's that mirror neurons that Michelle was talking about. And when you're, I guess, it's someone that's important to you, a family member, a partner, a good friend, you know, you want to help. And then yeah. their coping mechanisms influence yours, how they do or don't handle situations just rubs yeah. off. Um, but I really um, can understand with what you were saying there about um, it, it could be worse because mm. I used to struggle internally with that a lot is like at work when I'd be dealing with abortions and miscarriages mm. and terminations and mm. rape, you know, like horrible mm. situations, horrible situations. Um, I would be like, who am I to complain about anything wrong in my life? And that's actually really dangerous to get mm. into because like you said, it's really important to grieve. It's really important to recognize the emotions that you feel and understand that stress and pain and everything else is relative. And if we don't acknowledge, then we can't resolve. Yeah, that's very true. And I suppose what, when I catch myself out, if I am saying that, um, you know, why, like this person's going through so much, who am I to X, Y, Z? I have to catch myself out and go, well, would me downplaying my life, my success, my happiness help that person? Actually, no, it wouldn't. If I'm the best or a better version of myself and, and a happy version of myself, I'm more likely to actually help that person. So it's a disservice if we downplay our lives and our happiness because mm. it, it mm. won't actually help the other person anyway. Mm. So I have to keep mm. catching myself out. Yeah, and it is mm. about you know having um, self-compassion for yourself because you know, you would never give that advice to a good friend. And that's something I always try to think about. It's like, yeah, cool. Like, you know, maybe, maybe they're being let off work and, or maybe they've just broken up with that boyfriend that you hated anyways, you know, what's stressful for you is, is different to what's stressful for another. And I think we all have that right to voice those insecurities. And I think when Mm. COVID happened, I think everyone felt that, you know, some people had it worse off than others. Um, For us, for example, getting gyms taken away, Mm. people like laughed at us for thinking that that was trivial, but they don't understand what that means to us and how we perceive that stressor. So Yeah, it's a really interesting conversation. Yeah, and like what we were saying in the episode on fixed versus growth mindset, we all see our life through our own individual lens. And that's very much the same with stress. As you mentioned, how we perceive it is different. So an event that happens, you and I might see it completely different just Mm -hmm. based on where we're at, at at our point in our life, past events, um, but it still is real it is still stress. So yeah, it's really about how you perceive it. Mm. Yeah. If it's there, it's real, 
regardless yeah. of what it is. And, and like in mental health, they teach you a lot about that with people with psychosis or whatever it is. Like if they think that something's real or they feel something or see something or hear something, um, the same with pain, which um, yeah. you know, is another thing in itself, it's there. And it's not yep. just to be swept under the rug and saying, oh, you're, it's not real. It is because everything that is real is just how we perceive it or what we view as our own augmented reality. And I think yeah. that um, that ties in nicely to how we um, came up with the definition of what stress actually was. So the mind and body's response to a situation that a person perceives to be overwhelming in that the person does not think he or she can meet the demands of the situation. Yes, yes. Do you ever have those days where you just feel like everything's happening and it's like you can't swim to the top? Like one thing piles onto the next and piles onto the next. It's or, or they use the analogy of your cup overflowing. It's because you mm. can't meet the demands anymore. And yeah. more often than not, a lot of the times we just put that on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are so notorious to filling our plate full of, I keep using plates, cups, whatever analogy, <laughs> filling it full of things. Teapot, pour yourself yeah, a this tea. Is, I miss having those teas with you. Oh, this I, is my tiny Betty, t- <laughs> tiny, tiny Teddy tea. And this oh. is the last of it. So yeah, this is our teapot full of self-care and we've got it and self-love and we can only pour so much from our teapot until we have to refill it. That's right. Um, yeah, I got distracted because I really miss that tea. <laughs> um, yeah, so... We often do it to ourselves because in this day and age, we're used to being busy all the time. Mm. And then it's like, cool, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then it really comes back to the tips that we gave in um, our organisational getting shit done episode Mm. as well. Where it's like, (laughs) well, all right, we don't need to do everything in that day. But we'll move on Mm. to the practical steps a little later. So Mm. about the types of stresses and why we feel stress. Mm. it's really interesting that you say that as well about, you know, putting everything on your plate because um, someone recently said to me, you know, when I'm busy, I feel anxious. And I said to them, is that the case? Or is it the case that when you're anxious, you make yourself busy? You know, it's sort of like, what's the yin and what, like, you know, it's, it's a hard question because we're the same, you know, and we bring out an episode getting shit done that's how we deal with stress and anxiety we put it in a calendar and we get it and we tick it off and we make sure there's no stone unturned but that's not the way life works and if you try to do it like that all the time life's gonna really piss you off and surprise you um and that's like (laughs) the famous quote that it's not the stress that kills us it's our reaction to it It comes down to that like how do we manage these situations yeah for sure so the reason why we do experience stress or the, the physical symptoms and our, our mindset around a stressful situation, it's survival. Back in the days when we were wandering the land and, you know, our stresses were, will we catch food for the day? Will we be able to eat? Or is that lion about to run after me and chase me and kill me? Then we get the heightened senses. Our heart rate um, increases, our breathing increases. The blood flow goes to our muscles and then we're ready to sprint away or attack the lion. Mm. However, our physiology hasn't evolved so much, but our daily life habits have. All mm. of a sudden we have a work meeting or a deadline, but then our body still thinks that the deadline is that lion and we still get that same stress. But mm. the thing is, in the wild, that might happen once you know, and then the symptoms ease off. However, there are always deadlines. There are always Mm -hmm. demands. So we feel a spike in the symptoms. 
goes back down. Another spike and that can happen over and over and over again. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I think it's really important, like with anything in life, to be able to deal with something, we need to understand why it happens. Like what you said with the physiology there. So, you know, it's stress isn't all bad. Stress is a mm. good thing it allows us to adapt and come back stronger whether that's mental or physical and you know like what you said there you know our breathing rate increases because we need more oxygen because our body wants us to run away or attack something or whatever our heart rate increases because the same reason you know our cardiovascular system is is getting prepared to fight or flight you know all these hormones um cortisol you know our senses, like what you said, what we see, our pupils dilate, you know, all these things in the body happen and they stimulate our nervous system because that's what governs us. Our nervous system will impact our, you know, our endocrine system, which is like our adrenal glands that you might hear sort of um, thrown around like, you know, um, what is it? Adrenal fatigue. You know, we hear all these terms and it's really important to understand like the physiology of why it happens. Yeah, and it was interesting. We discussed in the episode with Michelle that what we experience in a short spike in fear is also very similar to when we feel excited. However, because we still get the increase in heart rate, breathing rate, pupils dilate. However, what our brain labels it is the only difference. So if we're about to do something really exciting, we get the same things, but our brain goes, oh, this is good. However... Mm -hmm. If something scary happens, we get the same symptoms and then we go, oh, this is bad. Like, but mm-hmm. it's interesting that it's pretty much the same response to the situation. Yeah, because it's just perception. It's just mm-hmm. perce- perception. Like cortisol, you know, everyone sort of demonized cortisol is bad. Cortisol is what wakes us up in the morning. We need it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, physiology, we need that. Um, it's, it's funny that you say that because I feel like it's probably, you know, our behaviors now growing up and our experiences that shape how we respond like maybe we get the same fight or flight response but how we perceive that is probably our past experiences and something that I do which is weird which I've only (laughs) sort of realized the last 12 months is when I'm really anxious or worried I'll laugh and I don't know if you've noticed that but I do it when I'm nervous or when I'm anxious and I'm like I'll laugh like (laughs) and I'm like why actually I'm like, why do I do that? Like, I'll be about to do something scary. I'll be petrified. I'll be, you know, and and I'll laugh. And I even, like, it was Luke who's like, do you know, like, when you're about, you laugh. It's not like, I feel like that's not a normal response to do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I do it. I don't know if it's my coping mechanism is humour, if that makes sense. Like, when I'm anxious, you know, I'll just laugh. But we all have these funny little traits of how we deal with things. Maybe that comes... Because I do the exact same thing. No wonder we're so bloody funny. No. um, (laughs) So we just laugh at each other. (laughs) We laugh at ourselves, each other in situations. But maybe it's a way of, like, regulating ourselves. Because we know that good we'll have to ask michelle about that one but i think it comes down to self-regulation yeah being able to um mimic dopamine or whatever or maybe our body sees that as stress so it says laugh and release some serotonin and feel happy again yeah um but you know back to 
the physiology, um, you briefly spoke about, I guess, um, some of the acute stresses that we go through. You know, we walk into the gym, we load up the weight, we're preparing for that big lift, it's acute stressor. Um, Or, you know, perhaps if you've ever, unfortunately, um, been in like a car accident or had a near miss, you you feel that, your blood pressure spike, your heart rate, you know, sweating, getting nervous. These are all normal physiological reactions. But the difference is, like what you said, is that, you know, we're not supposed to have 500 tigers in our day Mm. we still get the same stress response regardless if it's a deadline at work or an assignment that we need to get um, put in or a meeting with our boss yeah but we still need to be able to manage them appropriately yeah for sure so we all sort of can recognize some of the symptoms for example uh, you can feel nauseous so for the acute uh, nauseous because all of our blood goes to our limbs again we don't need to digest if we're about to run away from a lion uh, as you said, sweating, you can get headaches, chest pain, difficulty breathing, um, and heart palpitations. Now, it's really interesting, and I did put this on my Instagram story, Ever, because generally I'm pretty good at managing stress. However, when it was, it was my birthday at the start of August, and then actually on that day we got the announcement of the new stage four restrictions that were going to happen two days later. And I thought, oh, okay, it is what it is, blah, blah, blah. But from that day on onwards for the next week and still, I've been having heart palpitations. Like my aura ring was warning me. I thought it was just for my birthday. You know, I had a few drinks. I'm like, oh, yeah, my body can't cope with this because I never drink. But it, it was actually, I think it's actually underlying acute stress. And it's been mm. so interesting because I would lie in bed and you'd literally just feel the heart palpitations happening. And it was mm. correlated because I'm a data junkie now um, because of the aura ring with that announcement of the next lockdown. And it's mm. quite interesting how on the surface I thought I was okay, but then lying in bed at night feeling my heart beat more than normal. I'm like, mm, I think I'm a little bit stressed. Like, yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's 100%. Those experiences can um, really, really alter your physiology and how you're responding. And, you know, I had a personal, um, an experience a while ago now, and I can't, I've probably spoken about it on and off, but when I had sleep insomnia and like um, sleep anxiety, and I used to be able to like, my heart rate, I would take it manually at night. I'd wake up sweating, like heart palpitations. Mm. My heart rate was like 120 beats per minute. You oh, know, the nurse in me is laying there, taking my <laughs> pulse, being like, I'm dying. What's oh. going on? You know, and that was the first experience where I was like, holy shit, the mind really impacts the body. Because yeah. when you come from a health professional or, a, um, you know, in healthcare, you're like, okay, why is your blood pressure low? Where are you bleeding? Do you know what I mean? It's not like I, di- I didn't think that our perceptions or our experiences had a true impact on um, our physiology. And, and obviously I know that now, um, mm-hmm. but it takes experiences like that for you to be like, okay, this is how I tune into my body and regulate. And yeah. this is how I can, you know, for people like us, we like to quantify everything. Mm-hmm. So the aura ring's fantastic. We can mm-hmm. sit there and see data. We shouldn't need the data, but yeah. it gives us something to quantify. And breathing is a fantastic way to do that. If, um, if I'm approaching someone and I'm talking to them and, 
and it's a you know an, an anxious conversation or a difficult conversation you know looking at the way they're breathing their chest are they how are they breathing um are they shallow breaths are they deep breaths are they yawning are they sighing because that's another sign in itself so being able to tap into your own unique physiology and now i can sit here within anxious situations and feel tight can you do that? Like you're like, yeah. I feel like I'm breathing shallow and I just need to get up and go for a walk and do some nasal breathing. Yeah. It's about noticing what's going on within yourself. And I mm. remember um, at the start of the year, I got, again, it's all related to lockdown just because I think this is the most relevant form of stress we can talk about. No doubt we've been through stress in the previous years, but I find that just talking about this year's um, provides good examples because I haven't been this stressed for a while. So at the start of lockdown, I remember I would just sometimes be sitting there and my fists would be like clenched. Mm. And then it wasn't until I started catching myself out. I'm like, oh, and then open my hands and immediately you feel sort of more relaxed. But mm. our body just holds this tension in such crazy ways or we might be hunched forward. So by sort of unclenching the hands, leaning back, um, that body language is everything. And, and going back to having a conversation with someone, if we're sort of there with our arms crossed, like you can heighten their anxiety. And even when I did mm. that, I just saw in your eyes now, you looked a little bit like, you're like, oh, mm. what's she doing? You lean yeah. back, you sort of just play it cool. And then things mm-hmm. flow a lot smoothly. Yeah, body language and, and yeah. not only knowing how to um, make yourself feel comfortable and relaxed and, and not threatened because that's important, but also others. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm, I'm really big on what we do with our eyes and our facial expression. Like I think that's really important in how you talk to people mm-hmm. um, and smiling at people and just because we don't even realise sometimes if we're feeling tight and anxious, we can't let that portray onto others. Yeah. You know, we still have to be open and, um, and allow others to feel safe and comfortable um, disclosing or, or opening up to us um yeah it's really interesting though like um at the start or a few months ago now i went to the dentist and he was like oh my dentist like oh sure you know you've been um clenching grinding oh. te- and i was like i'm not a grinder i was like what are you <laughs> talking about oh i'm grind yeah. anyways and he, it was so funny because i was like oh my god this is so typical the dentist was like you know you must be grinding in your sleep and i was like no 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 i don't i'm like I'm not doing that. I'm fine. I've never done that. I've never had braces or whatever. Yeah. Went back a few months later. He's like, "You're still grinding. What's going on?" And I was like, mm. "Nothing's going on, mate." Mm. Anyways, you know, he's like, <laughs> mate. <laughs> "Mate, bro." He was like, "We'll get you a mouth guard. Get oh. you a mouth guard." And I was like, "That's not how you deal with shit. What is wrong mm. with people?" Anyway, so then I just started some deep breathing or whatever, and I was of course more mindful of it because I do think that perhaps at the gym. Sometimes I grind when I'm getting through those sets because, oh. you know, fight or flight, literally. I could probably yeah. chew my face off in the bottom of those pack yeah. squats. So, so it wasn't being, when you were sleeping? Well, that's what he said. Uh, it's hard to tell, right? It's hard to know. Yeah. Um, but that's just generally most of the time um, with grinding because if it was just a once-off, you know, a few sets of an exercise, I couldn't imagine it would be. Yeah. Um, but I don't snore and I didn't have anything else like that. And I was actually sleep, like sleep wasn't an issue. Nothing else was going on, but it just made me think of like, of course, if this was, because more often than not, it's from stress. Yeah. I was like, of course we just, you know, have a pill or put a mouth guard on. Yeah. And that's not the way we deal with things. No, that's another band aid, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. 
It's interesting. I read a study. I'll have to remember the name of it um, in case people ask, because they will. Um, where <laughs> that was me thinking out loud. <laughs> um, it's like you with the light lamp. Where I did know. You get that damn lamp. Can I say that this though? Is a public Can I say public announcement for um, the light alarm <laughs> clock? I need to charge commission and find a company. <laughs> um, but. In all seriousness, the light alarm clock that I have um, isn't being made anymore. But there's new oh. brands. I reckon. I reckon like ninety percent of my clients are using the light alarm clocks, and testimonies from all of them that they're fantastic. They are so good. But I've just redirected them to go onto Google and type in light alarm clock, and like a million different ones will show up, and just pick one that you like. Amazing. All right. So back to that study, you know how when we're training and if you're pulling a really like you're grimacing and you're pulling a face in the mirror, our body can perceive that as hang on a minute, something's not right here and it can actually hinder your performance. So if you are literally, you know, you're in bro mode and you're like, yeah, I'm going to have the best session. You're in the mirror grunting. That does not actually help at all. Your body sees your own face or you see your own face and then it puts a little bit of shock into your system saying, hang on a minute, why, do I, why am I scared or why am I in pain? And it hinders your performance. And you would notice that with sprinters. Um, when they, like Olympic sprinters or athletes, their face is actually relaxed. They don't put any extra effort into their facial expressions and, and you know, the teeth grinding and all of that. Like... So I think we all need to catch ourselves out because I was doing it. I went through a phase where I would do it before I even lifted the weight. And I'm like, hang on a minute, that's very wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm mindful now because I'm like, oh my God, my, like I'm going to get wrinkles. You know, like they're just all screwing my face up so much. Um, but come on, there's some sets you just can't. There's like, some you know, re reserved, revert, reserved for the absolute maxes when you're yeah. like, but yeah, the, yeah. the grinding of the teeth is one that I don't do anymore and I'm conscious of. Yeah. I keep my mouth soft. Um, but yeah, that's like, <laughs> it's another conversation. It's like, <laughs> some of my facials look horrendous. <laughs> no, you've got, to, you've got to have a bit of fun with it. Um, acute. So yeah, when we are in that acute stress phase, it's harder to focus as well. So we have spoken again in the mindset episodes on this, like, if you're trying to study and you're really stressed, that information is not going to stay in your brain. Mm -hmm. Or if you're cramming for an exam, you're stressed, it's not going to stick. So we, mm -hmm. yeah, um, inability to focus, our memory, our mood, all these things. Mm -hmm. We can get angry like you guys yesterday. Um, it happens. Everyone's a little bit more on edge when they're anxious and stressed. Yeah, 100%. And um you know, we, we spoke about some of the physical symptoms, but as well, I think it's really important to recognize how stress impacts our overall body on different, um, different areas and different parts and different factors in our lifestyle. So for example, nutrition, what we spoke about with our digestion. So generally speaking, our sympathetic um, branch of the nervous system or the autonomic nervous system is responsible for our fight or flight. And I like to remember this because parasympathetic, I remember like a parachute coming back down to the world Coming back down to homeostasis. So that's our rest and digest. So that's I remember it fun. as paralyze as well. Oh, yeah, there you Parachute. go. Probably. Yours is more fun. <laughs> Mine's fun. Come down with the para. Parachute. Um, and yeah. then 
<laughs> and then obviously our sympathetic has to be the opposite, which is our fight or flight. So yeah. um, whenever we're in the gym training or other stressful situations that require like immediate reaction, we can see how that impacts our digestion um, by like what you said, redirecting blood away to from our digestive system because we don't need to turn through food when we're running a marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to how this impacts our nutrition, you'll see some people that will um, lose their appetite most definitely. But then I find as well, like chronic stress, like that buildup, a lot of people will turn to food or start eating out of more of an emotional response in, in um, I guess, to what's well, self-regulate. Yeah. It's self-regulation. Yeah. It makes you feel mm. good for sure. And that's me. Like, get, yeah. don't get me wrong, you know, through stressful periods, I'm a stress eater. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll be like, give me the chocolate. Yeah. Right? Whereas there's some people that are like, they won't eat. They could go a day or two without eating during really stressful periods. And it's just because um, their anxiety is actually done, you know, t- redirected that blood flow and they don't feel like eating. So yeah. understanding yourself and understanding what sort of person you are um, is really important for being able to cope with these mechanisms. Yeah, it's really interesting um, that you mentioned that. So the acute sort of short-term quick spike of everything, you are probably less likely to eat. But then if it lasts a little bit longer, I'm the same. I I will eat as well because, mm. um, mm. yeah, part, it's part of that self-regulation. But then mm. for me, if I feel like everything is out of my control or a lot is out of my control, I turn back to the processes that I know I can control, uh, tracking my macros, my workouts, going for a walk, stuff like that. So it's really, I think it's always a big battle of certainty and uncertainty. And then Mm. the things that we can control is a safety mechanism. Kind of like when everyone um, rush to go get the toilet paper. It was a little case of monkey see, monkey do, but then it was also a sense of certainty. Oh, well, mm. if the world turns to shit, here I'm <laughs> literally, pun non intended, um, <laughs> you know, I have my safety, my, my control, mm. my toilet paper, like things mm. like that. Quite yeah. Absolutely. But I find the nervous system so interesting to learn about in terms of, um, you know, our, our fight or flight responses, because on the flip side, like with our parasympathetic nervous system, what you'll find is some people, um, when they're in that rest and digest state, their appetite will increase. And I feel this, you ever hungry on your rest days more so than your training days. Mm, yep. Yeah. So whenever we're in our sympathetic nervous system state, you know, fight or flight, when yeah. we're exercising and training, um, we're obviously not hung- not as hungry. And I used to think, oh yeah, it's just because I'm exercising for a few hours a day or whatever, and oh, like, yeah. now I'm bored. I used to think that, but <laughs> well, then after doing. It could be most definitely boredom eating. That's what I used to think it was. But I was like, no, no, no. I'm physiologically so much more hungrier on my rest days. And then when I did some reading and some research, it was like, well, you know, you're in a more of a parasympathetic state and your your digestion can increase on those days. But this is like individual. Some people um, are hungrier on their training days. You yeah. know, so again, it's it's individualized. But that was something personally I was like, why am I absolutely famished on my rest really? days despite not training? Yeah, and it was just um, it come it came well from a bit more understanding. Come down to well, parasympathetic rest and digest. You know, it's not just the boredom thing. You know, when yep. you're like, okay, I'm act, I'm pretty in tune with my body. I'm freaking starving today. Why? Mm-hmm. 
Mm, yeah, that's really cool. So, yeah, mm. you have been touching on parasympathetic nervous system. So let's move on to chronic stress. Um, mm. So this is the response to emotional pressure suffered for a prolonged period of time. So mm. when you feel out of control for a very long time or these deadlines keep popping up or whatever it is that stresses you out, something with the kids, so on and so forth, it turns into chronic stress. And as you mm. touched on, uh, we do have different symptoms, mm. more of that parasympathetic, so lower energy. Um, you can feel nauseous, tension in the muscles. It, it really carries on because there's so only so long we can have the spike in symptoms or redlining it, as we've called it in mm. the previous episodes. Um, libido is affected. You're more mm. likely to get the sniffles. Like you might mm. not even be sick, but you have a runny nose. And a lot yeah. of high-level athletes who are overtrained end up getting mm -hmm. the sniffles and, and aches in their body because mm -hmm. of chronic stress. Yep. Yep. And this is huge chronic stress because it embodies so much of the health and fitness industry. So mm -hmm. for example, dieting is a stressor and what you see, um, you know, I don't want to be sexist or anything, but a lot of women tend to live longer in a calorie deficit than what men will. They'll be the ones that are chronically dieting, um, yeah. chronically in this, in this low calorie state, um, for a longer period of time. And what this does is it starts impacting like what you said, Danny mood, stress, I'm um, sorry, not stress, sleep, mm -hmm. um, um, injury you see a lot more like not getting injured but not recovering properly from injury or training so to speak yeah. our sleep quality you know as uh, all those stress hormones and adrenaline and norepinephrine accumulate in our system for a long period of time mm. it impacts the quality of our sleep and how well we can recover and these yeah. are all um these are all side effects of um chronic stress over a long period of time, whatever yeah. that stressor is. And these are the biofeedback markers that we track when we're dieting, right? So when's the diet becoming too much? Is your yep. sleep going to rubbish? Has your period um, slowed down or stopped? Yeah. Um, has your sleep quality um, decreased or are you just not recovering from your sessions? These yeah. are all markers we need to track to say, okay, let's remove the stress of being in a calorie deficit, give you some more nutrients, improve your, um, your headspace where you're at, your mood, your energy, so that then you can um, you know, adapt from these stresses and come back into that stress, which is the diet. Yeah, very well said. And, and you definitely notice it even like, your hair, skin and nails and your immune system and things like that as well, yeah. because we need energy to accommodate for this excess stress that we're experiencing. Mm. And mm. we pull it from other sources that aren't deemed as important at the time. So mm. then they do suffer. And aside mm. from training, even in the office, for example, um, and there was another study I don't know why I'm recalling so many random, I'm just having flashbacks of all these studies that I learned in like biology. It was a very interesting topic. I think that's why I remembered it because I found it interesting. Um, they did a test on monkeys, right? And the hierarchy of monkeys. So you had like the big boss monkey who had all his little, had all his wives and like they would bring him grapes and things. And, and he was the boss delegating all the others. He was much larger and more overweight, had higher cholesterol. Some of them even had diabetes than like the, the helper monkeys, even though they were quite stressed because they were lower um, on the pyramid of, of monkey hierarchy. However, mm -hmm. the big boss, so for example, like the big CEO of a company who's under high stress all the time, 
the monkey had high cholesterol and all those problems as well. And I found that so interesting and funny. Mm. Yeah. So chronic stress is directly associated with insulin resistance. So um, not being able to metabolize glucose um, as effectively as someone who is stress-free because hormones govern everything from our body composition to how much stress we feel to um, our physiology, they govern everything. So stress directly impacts that because stress isn't just physiological, um, it's emotional and it's everything. So you do see that. And it's it's the same as when you look at um, metabolic disease, any metabolic Mm -hmm. diseases such as diabetes, um, high cholesterol, which is very much genetic and lifestyle related or any cardiac issues, they're stressed individuals and they've proven that in the literature and the studies. And that's why um, pills to combat high cholesterol and all this sort of stuff just aren't effective because they're not addressing the root, right? They're trying to put the mouth guard on, on the body when it's like, no, like let's unpack what's going on. Yeah, for Mm. sure. And that seems so just a lot in everyday life. And I suppose I love that it's becoming more aware that people are asking the why instead of just accepting the quick fix, kind of like Mm -hmm. if for an injury, you go to the GP, they tell you to rest. So it's kind of like, well, no, I want to work out why I'm sore in the first place, things like Mm -hmm. that. So it's really Mm -hmm. cool that that, that's applied across the spectrum of everything really. Mm. Um, But I think um, it's a lot of it, the time it's because as well, stress anxiety and mental health is very much stigmatized in that it's you and it's your problems and like it's just the way that you're seeing shit and Mm. i think when we normalize it and say well actually hang on like physiologically these things are happening Mm. um and this is why like regardless of the emotional mindset which is really important but physiologically you know you're you're releasing all these stress hormones and this is why it's impacting you chronically over a long period of time yeah now when it does come to mental health and we have been very open with this in the past uh the best advice that we could give is to speak to a professional someone who's actually qualified in this now you and i sherelle we can give tips on little day-to-day stresses but you know when it comes to true trauma and things like that um Mm. it's okay to speak to a professional and it is better too rather than just oh yeah all of that so just to put that out there again i think it's really important that it is okay to speak to people Mm -hmm. about this stuff yeah more than okay you know you shouldn't be getting all your information from two chicks off instagram or a podcast hey we're more than that now come on (laughs) (laughs) but it's um definitely about seeking you know all opinions and and second opinions and third opinions and and asking friends and family and um you know it's this this time is is really unfortunate that you know, um, suicide rates and everything are really um, high at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I, I don't think it's been, you know, spoken about enough to be yeah. like, well, mental health is a concern for a lot of people at the moment. And the best tool or thing that we can identify is your stress and yeah. how to manage that. Because again, like what we said at the start, you know, it's not the situation, but it's how we experience it. So, to what one person sees as a stress, another won't. Yep, yep. Mm. So in terms of sort of lower level stress uh, and day-to-day stress, mm. they are the five R's of stress management. Should we get into that, Cheryl? Yeah, I loved this because I just thought, you know, when you can put stuff 
in an acronym or whatever, or just remember yeah, the five R's, you can yep. just come back to it and be like, okay, yeah, okay, I'm going to quantify this. There was five R's and we'll yeah. write down. <laughs> <laughs> so the five R's of stress management, um, we'll start from the start. So what we've spoken about is recognize being the first yeah. one. So what exactly is happening? But yeah. Really sitting down and being like becoming aware because that's what we do from our day-to-day life. What is coaching? putting a mirror in front of you being like track your calories film your training like write down in your journal like see what's going on so the first thing you have to do is become aware yeah definitely and let's just use the example of time stressing us out for example feeling Mm. really busy i think that's an easy one i think we can all relate on some level so for example you would recognize okay uh i feel anxious when i have a lot to do and a lot of deadlines Mm. to meet so that's recognizing. Mm. Then the next yeah. R. Relax. So, relax. you know, and I think the worst thing that you can say to someone is just relax. I used to say that to um, Actually, my that's dad so all true. the time. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the same thing. You're not, <laughs> you're not telling someone else to relax. You're speaking to yourself. Because I yeah. used to remember when dad, dad would yell at me and I'd be like, just relax. And he'd be like, don't tell me to relax. I'm yeah. like, why not? <laughs> relax, old man. No, but, um, Burn. He clearly doesn't listen to this. Oh no, God. I've just got him on true coach program, programming his prehab exercises. And that was a huge step. That's massive. Um, Anyway, so relax. And the question that I put after this, I really like, so how can I slow down? Yeah. And I think, I think we could all, that just sounds so nice to say to yourself, doesn't it? How can Mm. I slow down? Because it's not even physically, like maybe not much is going on, but mentally, like, you know, fruit salad going on in your brain. It's just racing thoughts. So how (laughs) can I slow down? Oh, promo ruler. How can I slow down? And this is when you can move into the next one. Yeah. So what can I review? What can I control? Yeah. So that's like answering that question. Yeah. So for example, back on the time. Okay, cool. How can I slow down and what can I control? Well, maybe I won't try and do everything in the one day. Mm. I can control some of the tasks that I'm delegating for myself. Yes, I understand some other people ask us to complete things for them and great, there are deadlines. But when it comes down to it, do we really need to be rushing around and packing our schedule so tight? No, God, that's it. You're talking to me. (laughs) Yeah, I know I'm talking to myself too. I told you this is our counseling session. Yeah, I love it. And I used to do that too. I used to put so much stuff on my daily to do list and feel so unaccomplished by Mm -hmm. the end of it because I couldn't get it done. And so, what I ended up doing was I sort of got rid of the to do list altogether and started writing like a to done list at the end of the day just to sort of boost my my morale and ego a bit and be like okay look at what you've got done today you've done well you know pat yeah. on the back because some people need need um a firm pro- approach and be like do this do that have you done this why haven't you done that what can we do to make sure you get this done mm. other people need a softer approach because some people are trying really hard and trying to overexert and overachieve yeah. um and if you're that sort of person then i think it is important to take that time to again how can i slow down how can i feel accomplished in what i am doing yep cool then the next one is respond what steps or practices do i need to take next i think they Mm. all feed into each other don't they 
Yeah, it's just more of a systematic way. So in, with the respond one, if you look it up, it will just say what steps do I need to take, like real practical. Yep. Like what really are the things good. that you need to do? Um, but this, I added practices in there because I think mm. that's important. So like what practices do I need to take to either slow down or control what I can or whatever it might be? Because it might not be a step thing. It might not yeah. be something methodical that you can actually control and implement. It might yeah. be a practice that you're not adhering to. Like practicing saying no. I know a lot of people who say yes to everything. That's another thing added to the thing I need to do and practice saying mm. no to people. No, I can't make it today. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, think, I think no is more important than yes. And I've always you been like, that. you know, you see like all the yes men and being like, say yes to opportunity. And it's like, well, if you don't say no to some opportunities, how are you going to see the ones that you really want? Mm-hmm. Cause then we get stuck in those ones and there's only a certain amount of time and energy and focus we can put into things. So yeah, mm. you're right. Saying no to things opens the door to other opportunities coming up. And I very much mm. learned that when I started leaving space in my day of nothingness, and I don't mm-hmm. mean nothingness of me just sitting there twiddling my thumbs, just not having something that I'm focused on for the time being that's pre-planned. And that's mm. when all the creativity would come in again. And I sort of let mm. life appear as, as it's meant to. And then amazing opportunities would come out. You know, you might have mm. a conversation or meet someone. The next minute you're working with them or something like that. It's mm. really powerful to do that. Yeah, 100%. I'm really big on having a couple of days a week where I don't use Google Calendar. Like unless I'm doing... A couple um, of days? Yeah, Before, I usually have... I usually have two days a week where I don't schedule my um, time. Mm. So I'll do like, you know, or anything that needs meetings, obviously, like anything yeah. that I, I have to be somewhere I will. But if I have like half the day, like after this, where I don't have to be in direct contact, I'm just, you know, doing my own thing and working off my own schedule, so to yeah. speak. Um, I think it's important because we need, like what you said, certainty and uncertainty to be able to feel fluent. And I think when we feel burnt out, it is because we've just poured so much from that cup and we have no energy. And like, I am my most creative and, and I like writing and emailing all that sort of stuff when I'm not restricted or on a time schedule. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's good that we have been able to create this lifestyle for ourselves because Mm. we both know what it's like to have to be at a certain job at a certain time and, and all of that, you know, you obviously coming from nursing and midwifery, me being a PT on the gym floor all the time, appointments back to back, uni, all of this. We've been in that clockwork stress always like Mm. I've got five minutes to eat this meal before this next client and all of that. But we've created now this life where we still work very hard but have been able to recognize which moves to play i kind of look at it like a game of chess you sort of have to start sitting back and know okay which move will get the best outcome Mm -hmm. rather than just always moving the little pawns and not getting anywhere if i sit back and create the best strategy i don't have Mm. to put in as much energy but i will get a bigger outcome Hundred percent. I think um, you can work hard and still not do well. You know, like I'm sure people stocking shelves and whatever they're working really freaking hard. You know, and perhaps it's what they love. So again, it is relative to what you do. But I used to be very much um, 
you know, I, I handle stress really well and I put it down to so much uncertainty in my past life. I used to get up, right. When I used to live in Ballarat, I used to start a shift at 7am, right. And I would get up at 6.30 (laughs) and like, you know, I'd have like shot a coffee back, nothing. And then I'd drive to work and I'd be like, hand over at like, you know, 6.59. And it's like, wow, I was asleep like half an hour before, before this. And yeah. that was the way I used to be. It was fine. I didn't feel stressed at all. I was fine. Like mm. I just sort of controlled what I could. But then sometimes the more control you have over your life, the more stress you can become when you, when you lose that control. So yeah. it is really important to be able to have uncertain situations, experience them, come out, and then be okay with it. And being like, oh, okay, so... Maybe I was 10 minutes late for my shift. Was it that bad? No. Like, you know, what's gone wrong? And is it the worst case scenario? Mm, I suppose it's how you want to look at it. Because for me, it's like, oh, 10 minutes late. Can you get away with that? But it depends. Like, I mean, people with kids would, not that I have kids, but seeing my brother and and all of that, there's a lot of uncertainty with your kids. You don't know if your kids are about to like what they're going to do. You know, yeah. so yeah, different yeah. people have different levels of uncertainty and, and certainty in their life, mm. for sure. Mm. It's just about what you're prioritizing. But then again, also just not filling your cup up too full. So working out, okay, what is the stressor for me and how can I reduce this stressor is very mm. important, no matter who you mm. are and what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. And that moves on to, um, you know, our mental toolkit that we'll have a chat about because I think everyone needs to develop their own mental toolkit. We didn't say the fifth R. Oh, return. Sorry. We didn't, Mm. did we? So return. And this is an interesting one because, you know, we talk about what stress is and that, you know, it's, it's a part of life. And sometimes when we are really worried about something, if we have a fear of something or a really underlying stressor, we need to feel safe to revisit that stressor um, to be able to deal with it appropriately. And Mm. I think you see this in um, psychology a lot with um, cognitive behavioral therapy, where they desensitize someone to the stimulus that was stressing them. So for example, if you're scared of snakes eventually as a part of that um behavioral therapy they'll want you to um be okay with facing a snake yeah yeah it's it's um and it's not about jumping into the lion's den with all the snakes or whatever it is but it's like revisiting the lion's den with all the snakes (laughs) there are lions in the lion's den (laughs) (laughs) that's my tongue tie no that's a good one (laughs) Um, I love you. Sometimes I make up my own language. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love your analogies and the amount of feedback that we get on your um, thing. So that's the new one for everyone. Sorry, the lion's den with all the snakes. <laughs> you know, the lion's den without any of the tigers, but all the snakes. Tigers. Um, <laughs> I've cooked my biscuit. But yeah, Luke always, Luke's, Luke's always laughing at me and my analogies. Um, what was I even saying? Sorry, revisiting the stressor. So someone who's scared of snakes, you wouldn't just have them in a, a place yeah. full of snakes, whether it's a lion's yeah. den or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, <laughs> I used to be scared of heights. Um and you know, not like, you know, panic attacks, but like I would never go on the Ferris wheel. I was not oh. that but even that was too much for me. I hated the Ferris wheel. Um so and then I started flying and um yes. I was like the first <laughs> whatever you know get yeah. in the den um and my first ever lesson i vomited 
in in my oh. dad's sweater in the back of the plane. Oh, <laughs> don't <no>. tell him. <laughs> he did not know. Sure. Oh, he wasn't. It wasn't in there. It was just the instructor. Oh. Um, but yeah, like obviously, I'm not scared of heights anymore, and that's not because you know heights aren't scary. It's just because I've desensitized myself to that stimulus now. Yeah. And you know, if the plane door comes undone, I'll be okay. I'll just shut. Jeez. You know, like, but you know, again, what's 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 perceived as stress is relative. So yeah, um, it's about revisiting that. Maybe not physically. Maybe just thinking about that scenario over in our head, like visual visualization or manifesting something you know it's about yeah. thinking about it until you you've almost felt you've you've lived it and experienced it so you can cope with it well i had to do that before stepping on stage the second time um for wbff so it was like my fourth show but then from the first one i got a bit of stage fright because backstage mm-hmm. i was being a class clown laughing and, and um covering up my fear uh, which what you mentioned you do earlier. And then I remember looking at you and you were fully focused. And then I really embodied that for the next show. I stopped being class clown, Danny. Had to um, come back sort of eight weeks later from the May to the July show, eight to 10 weeks, um, and spent a lot of time visualising myself back on stage because I, I sort of put myself off and I was so nervous. But visualisation, it, it really helped. You're mm. able to mentally prepare yourself and. Again, coming back to what we spoke about earlier, how your mindset can affect your physiology, mm. you can really bring on the same feelings through your mind as if you were actually on stage. So that's oh, yeah. why, yeah, like the study where um, someone was doing bicep kills and then in one arm they were doing actual bicep kills. For the other arm, they were imagining doing bicep kills and there was still some level of firing that was comparable to the working mm. arm. Obviously not exactly the same, but they were mm. able to still get that muscle firing somewhat mm. and that activity just from their mind. Yep. It was insane. Yeah. There's some crazy stories out there. And um, a book that Gabby told me to read was um, The Placebo Is You. And I, I, that I read Joe that Dispenza? one. That... You were the placebo? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's, on there, it's got so many stories and stuff. And even you hear about it, like cancer patients, like you think something's not um, not possible and they make this comeback and you're like, how do they get through it? And they just generally believe. And you know what? The same goes is like I've done a bit of work in palliative care, which um, is, um, if people don't know, it's when you're sort of almost got the death sentence, you go to uh, palliative care and it's sort of like, like careful before you're about to die pretty much. Um and some patients would hold on for so long because they're like, no, I'm not done. And they would hold on until, say, you know, their their granddaughter came to see them yeah. or something like that, you know. The, and that blew my mind when I worked in palliative care and saw these. And I was like, holy shit, you know, people would hold Amazing. on for months. And then all of a sudden they'd have some family come in that they've been waiting for from overseas or whatever. And or the opposite. Mm. Some people just have no hope. And they, they have no faith. They're like, they're ready. They're gone. They already feel like they're dead and, and they wouldn't last very long. And yeah. you can't explain that stuff with science. Obviously you can put like the EMG leads or whatever on someone and record activity mm. in a bicep. But mm. when it comes down to that sort of stuff, it's crazy. Very powerful. Very powerful. Mm. All right. Let's go to, to the mental toolkit. What is that, yeah. Cheryl? So these are all of your tools um, that they should either first help you identify the stress. They should reduce physiological symptoms 
or prevent reoccurring undesirable responses. So if they don't help you identify, um, reduce symptoms or prevent, it shouldn't be in your toolbox. Yeah, cool. So a really good one, which we always talk about is self-awareness. Always sort of giving yourself that space to reflect and say, okay, what is actually going on? How do I actually feel? And and then try and figure out why. So self-awareness is number one. Yeah, and I think um, to some people, like, that self-awareness sounds a bit, you know, yoga, sort of green smoothie sort of stuff. Like, what is (laughs) self-awareness? But it is. It's like, you know, let's be mindful. It's like, well, how do I do that? What's that actually mean? So um, for me, how I um, monitor my own self-awareness is what we've spoken about, physiological symptoms. You know, it's like, God, my sleep's been crap, but I better check more data to confirm that. Or it's like... (laughs) you know, (laughs) whatever it might be. I think data is really useful for people that are really quantitative so that you Mm. can almost give yourself not a permission slip, but evidence that, Mm. you know, you need to pull back in certain areas. Um, It's also really important for, to have, you know, qualitative feedback and being like, I just feel so stressed and overwhelmed or I'm breathing, um, you know, really heavy. I feel tight in the chest. I feel anxious. I've got a short fuse, all those sorts of things that you can't really monitor. Um, but as well like physiological symptoms are a dead giveaway yep and then Mm. also the things that come up when we stop like what you Mm. mentioned at the start where you asked someone well are you stressed because you're busy or are you busy because you're stressed and it covers up things so Mm. when we stop something comes up Mm -hmm. that's self that's you need to be self-aware and say okay I'm finally giving myself space. What mm-hmm. is coming up? Because you get those people who say, I just can't, so can't be in my own space. Or I can't sit still. Well, what, what are we covering up? And I know, mm-hmm. I mean, this, is, this period of time has been the hardest that I've ever worked. And I didn't mm-hmm. think that I could one up my bloody work ethic, but I'm using it, A, because it's like pretty much the only thing that makes me feel good. I was going to say the only thing I can do, but that's not true because I could be sitting down watching TV, but that doesn't make me feel good. But I've been working super hard um, to cover up the discomfort of what's going on because Mm. it it fulfills me. So keeping busy through work is my self-regulation, I realise. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, but I had to sort of work out, all right, what's going on here? And then I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm definitely doing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think everyone, everyone, um, everyone felt that, you know, I was a mess the first few days of stage four. I was an absolute yeah. fucking mess. And I'll openly admit that. And, um, you know, it's really hard to come to those realizations on your own, which is what we've spoken mm. about. And, you know, I've got Luke there to be like, and he, even he was like, this isn't you, like, you've got your shit together. And like, what's wrong with you? Like, why is this happening? You know, and it's just because so much was taken away and it was like, yeah. well, that, they're my outlets. So now yeah. what do I have? And you've almost got to reassess again, become aware of all mm-hmm. those things, feel those emotions, go through that grief. You know, mm-hmm. you, when you lose so much, you've got to fill that void with something else to yeah. um, lick the same dopamine response. You know, yeah. you give yourself happy moments and things to look forward to. Cause if we don't have hope, we thought that we we're going to be living like this for the rest of our lives. It's pretty freaking miserable. So you've mm-hmm. got to have other goals and things that you're working towards as well. And yeah, I know true. we're both big on um, 
meditation and journaling, which is a fantastic way of becoming aware and becoming um, mindful. Yeah. Yep. So I stopped meditation and, and journaling at the start just because I felt so low and I wasn't as busy. So meditation and journaling personally serves me when I feel over the top hyperactive. But if I feel low, these things bring me lower. So I don't do it. So now I've actually learned when does it serve me and when doesn't it serve me? So Mm. if I'm feeling really over the top, uh, I've got a little bit of anxiety, great. These are awesome. If I'm feeling pretty low, I need pumping up. I don't need to be brought back down. So that's when instead of um, meditating, I might, as I've mentioned, dance or have some fun or call a friend or just pump myself up. But Mm. yeah, they're very powerful. Mm, yeah and again you know it's your toolkit your toolbox you just yep. take the hammer or the spade when you want it or not um for me i i use i don't do traditional journaling where i write like you know a big page or whatever like i might dot point or um yep. write gratitude or i've got like a template of three questions that i'll ask myself so they the, like the way you do it as well can change how it impacts and makes you feel so yeah um just understanding how to use it when to use it and when not to I don't sit down and do the traditional meditation that I used to, but it served me in a certain space. Mm. Now my, my, I guess, meditation looks different. And again, it comes down to terminology, doesn't it? Like meditation sounds a bit full on for some people. Whereas I might tell people to do some diaphragmic breathing. Those sorts of people that like that quantitative, productive sort of thing to do. You're just rewording. Yeah, great. Because that is a form Mm. of meditation. Um, another thing would be discipline to adhere to boundaries. So mm. setting those boundaries within your lifestyle, as we mentioned, learning what to say yes to and what to say no to without mm. overexerting yourself. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's really important for everyone to come up with their own boundaries and what they are. So yeah. for me, I know that like my sleep is a really big boundary for me. Um, it's something that has to be respected by myself and people around me <laughs> without saying um i know that my poor training luke. is yeah poor luke. i know my training is a big boundary so um it's not just about the sets and reps but it's just about being able to move my body every day regardless of, of what that might look like it's just yeah. a boundary of mine because it makes me feel good um and then you might have spe- specific ones like for me a boundary is no double shifts no extra night duties like certain ones it's just about asking yourself what do i need to do on the daily or what do i need to make sure i do as little as i can of um to make sure that i have a good a good day or whatever it might be yeah and like if someone messages you really early in the morning don't reply you know know when to when i clock on from work or clock off i know i have this problem because you know when you're online and making content and working and all that it's exciting to do everything but it's like no I'm going to stop at this time now and wind down and and all of that yep yeah and it's hard to um it's really hard to distinguish between what's work that's what I find yeah like it's really hard to be like well well I'll just reply to this person it's 10 p.m it's cool but it's like again you've got to come back to those boundaries and be like no 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 People understand. Do you yep. know what I mean? Like people understand they're not they don't expect you to get back right away or do it right now or whatever it might be. It's just they're just putting the message out there and then you have the right to respect your boundaries. Mm-hmm. For sure. So we've mentioned deep breathing as well. So giving yourself that space and just to return uh to a more regulated state. 
But mm. this one's massive technology detox. And mm. particularly, I've had to do this because I don't watch the news as it is. But mm. then now the news is everywhere. It's on, not just on the TV that I don't turn on, it's on the phone. It's what people are talking about. It's in the look in people's eyes down the street. The news is everywhere. And it's not that nice news at the moment. Mm. So having a detox from all of that and social media and what you expose yourself to is a game changer. Mm. 100%. Mm. Yep. And, um, you know, I freaking hate the news. They turn on 60 Minutes and they're like, life of a nurse in a hospital with COVID time. It's like, Far out, like anything for a story. Yeah, anything for a story. I remember watching on sixty minutes. They replicated this Caesar, like a cesarean, of what actually happens. And as a midwife, I was sitting there. I was like, "This is bullshit. Like, this is absolute bullshit. Not one of this. Like, that does not happen. We don't live in the US. You know, sort of sterile drape when you have a baby." Um, Sorry to our US listeners. Yeah, sorry, um, but truth. So, you know, I think it's really important to understand that, you know, when it comes to a lot of the news these days, like what is the news? Like maybe if you're watching the press conference, you can trust that. But a lot of this other stuff, it is still forms of stress. Maybe, mm. who knows? Just don't turn it on. Um, yeah. <laughs> but again, something that's um, a really powerful thing to do is unfollow people and things that don't yeah. serve you i did that i have big mm. clean outs and being like this person's toxic for me at the moment i'm gonna unfollow you have mm. every right to unfollow and disconnect from whatever you want yeah and sometimes it comes down to our routine as well because mobile phones are designed to, for addiction right mm. so if we wake up and check our phone straight away we are more likely to fall under that trap of feeling as though we have to respond to the client straight away respond to our friend, talk about the gossip that's going on in our DMs. And, and it is a big trap. So it does start with us and our control. Wake up, wait at least, try the first 20 minutes at least without a phone and then build from there. Then you have that discipline and control to not be responsive, to not feed into all that emotion out there as well. So really take ownership of that. Learn what you want to watch. Okay. For my work, I might need the updates on what's going on just so we can know the law. But do I need to open the inbox where my mates are talking crap about conspiracy theories? Probably not right now, you know? Mm. Things like mm. that. Learn what's important and what's not. Otherwise, mm. it just becomes a big ball of anxiousness and anxiety. Mm. Yeah, and there's only one of you, you know, so you've got to be yeah. careful where you dilute your time and energy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like you'd love to be able to put yourself everywhere and do everything or respond to everything and whatever but it's just not actually practical and i don't think society expects that um you so you shouldn't put the pressure on yourself to try and meet that expectation and but i love what you said like creating that time that boundary um that discipline for yourself and for me like i said if you struggle with that discipline because technology is addictive you know, this is why when you open up um, Instagram, it's got a delayed screen, you know, rewards that system of like, oh, anxious. Um, really? What was that? A delayed screen? Yeah. So now when you open it, you know, when it comes up like the little thing, the same with Facebook, it's almost like a second. Really? Does it? Yeah. So Ooh, it's like a I thing like with your um, dopamine. And quote me if I'm wrong, throw it back to year 12 psychology. Here but what go. they do is the best way to... Um, 
the best way to get engagement or attention is to add an element of uncertainty to something. Mm. So a spontaneous reward. So time delays, for example, are that. Um, oh. And it's, that's, that's in the psychology of gamification. This is why yeah. pokies, all these sorts of things that stimulus reward yeah, wow. of not knowing that angst, anxious. Oh, because it's rolling and you're waiting. Yeah, like, so oh my God, what's waiting. it going to be? Yeah. Like a cliffhanger in a movie that, or yeah. after the ad or, break. You know what social media platform does this fantastic? They fucking what? get me. Is oh. Pinterest. Oh. You scroll and then all of a sudden it's a whole new feed of similar but different. You scroll oh. and similar but different is what Explore Page does. You know, this is how yeah. the gamification hooks you in. Yeah. Uh, pokies are so old school. They need to update with um, the algorithm of Instagram and Facebook and see God. what they're doing. That'll you know, we look day. at um, Reels. Look at Reels mm. take off. What's that do? It's this continuous. Do you know what? Yeah, you've been There's loving no... the old Reels, haven't you? I love a good Reel. It's I haven't made one yet, is it? I like to have a little <laughs> play around. <laughs> but this is the thing. It's like, it's it's... It's okay, you know, to to like this sort of stuff. It's okay mm. to, you know, to love your TikTok or your Snapchat or whatever, because it is social media. It allows yeah. us to be connected at a time where we we can't physically. Um, but then it's also just about, you know, those boundaries. So again, yeah. what I was saying, if you struggle with this sort of stuff, because it's designed to be addictive, so don't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Remove the trigger. Charge yeah. your phone outside of the bedroom. Yeah. Don't grab your phone in the morning. You know, like. Add um, obstacles in the way. Turn off notifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. Fuck that. Notifications. <laughs> um, I couldn't think of anything worse than notifications popping up on my phone. Like you'd, I don't have enough thoughts going on racing in my head to see yeah. that distract me. And we were just yeah. chatting about, you know, when I'm trying to talk to someone on um, Zoom, like now or whatever, I have to shut off the WhatsApp because if I have something pop up, we subconsciously read it and go to that place, even yeah. if we don't want to. It's human behavior. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, and sleep hygiene. So we're definitely uh, big advocates for this and we talk about this a lot. So mm. just really make sure that you do get a good sleep. And now we have released an episode on sleep, but don't mm. feel like you have to overhaul your whole routine. I mean, if you have a partner and all that, you need to compromise with the people that you live with and all of that. Well, I'm sure I was like, compromise my ass. He does what I say. <laughs> She's there laughing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, make it a priority. Take one or two pieces of advice regarding sleep that you can apply because mm. that's when we rest, recover and rejuvenate for the next day. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. And I think again, just comes down to your boundaries of what they are, and not trying to take it from like you know five hours sleep a night to eight and getting into bed by eight nine p.m. If that's not practical, or feasible for you, it's just about you know um, progression, not perfection. And you know when we talk about all these tools, it's always about um, consistency over intensity. So it's not about going you know real deep on your discipline and deep breathing four times a day and not using your phone until 12 a.m. and p.m., sorry, and doing all these things. It's just about consistency. So ease into it. Pick a few that serve you at that time. You don't have Mm. to do everything. Otherwise, it becomes a burden. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, something else that we've we've also mentioned in the past is just organisation. So generally when we feel anxious or stressed, it's either because of, one, the situation itself. So perhaps we have a bit of anxiety about whatever the situation is and or not being able to deal with the response to the situation itself. So it's either being late for work 
or the repercussions of being late in layman's terms of putting it. So being yeah. more organized can really help overcome some of those anxieties. Organizing and uh, minimizing for sure. Even your environment, like how you just mentioned, mm-hmm. you have to turn off notifications, like even sitting at a clear work desk or cl- having a clean house just with less mm-hmm. clutter and distraction. Because I know I used to notice when I was still living at home, poor mum, bless her. If I was really stressed with exams, work, this and that, I wouldn't spend time cleaning my room and all of that. So my mind was replicated in my environment. And then Mm. as soon as I picked that up, started spending more time cleaning my room and clearing my mind, it was just so much easier to concentrate and there was so much less stress. Yeah. God, I'm, I wish I was a clean person. I think Luke wishes I was a clean person. (laughs) I'm not a clean person. I wish I was. And I, I need to pull myself up they like, you know, I don't have time, but it's like, oh, I can do have time. Just, it will just, help um, you because mm. if you're sitting in your own, you know, clutter, it clutters your mm. mind. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, I feel like that's my homework. I feel like my, um, my desktop is a direct replication of my life. The more there messier that my desktop or my computer is, uh, the more shit I've got to do and the busier, not productive I am. So, you know, even how good does it feel like cleaning your desktop background and like putting all stuff in the rubbish? You know, that scrunch that the MacBook does when you delete oh, something? Yeah. Yeah, like, my desktop's so um color coded. Don't you worry. Like I'm not oh, that. Yeah, Jesus, mine's not. <laughs> mine's full of screenshots and old photos. Yes. <laughs> I'm shocking. Um, and the last one that I tapped onto there because this is my favorite is nature yep. is our savior because I'm a big believer in just getting outside and looking in the sun and like mm. you know touching the grass and going for a swim and. I think it's really therapeutic and it's what we're designed to be doing. So we need to do more of it, you know, yeah. I guess, given the current situation, um, oh, use your hour yeah. to get outside and, and, um, get you, know, your one like you feel it, <laughs> get your one hour of, oh, you know, let, the, let the dogs out for an hour. That's what I feel like. Oh uh, yeah. But you're so right with that. We are very much made to be in nature, not indoors, not sitting on chairs in front of technology. And oh. often if I would find myself in a rut or just so under the pump, you're sort of in your own bubble, you walk outside mm. you're like, Oh yeah, there's a whole world out here. Like, yeah. and it just puts everything into perspective. Yeah, like especially like travel and stuff like that where you actually, um, like I remember when we were backpacking. What's travel? I know, <laughs> RIP, SOS. But, you know, when when you're like um, just say travelling, you know, you're not sitting in your hotel room. You're always outside on the go exploring new things and how much mm. better do you sleep? How less stressed are you? Like obviously you're on yep. holidays, but how happier are you? And there's something I find really therapeutic about like looking at water. I don't know what it yeah. is, but like if I go for a walk like around the lake or whatever, I just sit there and look at it. I feel like a weirdo, but I'm like, there's no, just something true. so calming about water. Well, that's why I moved to the beach because just to, you know, clear my own mind and the beach is my mental happy place. So yeah. I needed, because I was just uncertain on where I was going or what I was doing. And then I used nature and, and, and spending time with my open thoughts not my planned thoughts to allow the realizations to come and and the water was definitely it helped me do that so yeah it's Mm. not weird at all Mm. again it's about asking you know how can i slow down 
Yeah. You know, you think you mimic the pace and it's, you know, you ever do like a, um, a gym class or something and you like, they, they match the beat of the music to oh, yeah. what you're doing, like a spin class or something like that. They match yeah. the beat so that your body, it's the same in life. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're constantly hustle and bustle, that's how, that's what's going to be going on inside your brain. Yeah. There you go. That was a long one. We did well. Yeah. yeah. Do we have anything else to add? I think that was pretty, pretty much, you know, just on a quick recap, I guess, you know, we yeah. spoke about what actually stress is like physiologically and emotionally. Yeah. The acute versus chronic and mm. how they play different roles in our body and mind. Yeah. And then, um, you know, some of the physical symptoms that we spoke about, like low energy, headaches, um, nausea, our digestion, sleep quality, um, our immune system. And, you know, just understanding that, emotional and physiological stress has huge implication, both positive and negative um, on our life. It's just about being aware of it and recognizing our triggers because yeah, yeah, giving ourselves that space for awareness will allow us to then take action on how to reduce those stress triggers. Mm. Yeah. And then, um, you know, perhaps you could develop your own mental toolkit, like what we spoke about, you know, with our, our strategies of meditation and journaling around um, being mindful and aware as well as discipline, deep breathing, um, giving yourself a time away from technology, mm. um, sleep, which spoke Danny and I are really big on organization and getting out in nature if you can at this time. Yep. Amazing. And I would like to finish off with, you know, we're all going through our stresses, not only just this year with what's been going on, but all the time, everyone has their own type of stress on a day-to-day basis. So it's important that not only do we check in with ourselves, but check in with others because sometimes Mm. people who are putting on a brave face aren't actually okay. So Mm. always just check in on your loved ones and encourage that and be okay that you might not be able to help someone but we want to let you guys know that it is really recommended that if you do need professional help then get professional help and it's okay yeah 100 just to reach out um out. so we hope that um you know we hope that this episode has i guess normalized some of the feelings that you may or may not be feeling or that you've um you've noticed in in others around you so you know developing your own mental toolkits are really important um during this time and again if you've enjoyed this episode or if you've learned anything or um gained any insight please do take a screenshot share it on your instagram story tag myself and tag danielle and of course the level up podcast because um you know those stories reshares really do reinforce that what we're doing here is insightful and that you're gaining benefit from it yeah and thank you for your reviews on apple podcasts as well we love having a little read through those so love them keep them coming thank you thanks